So I beseech you on the good names of the children of the fence and your love of God, Claudio Sanchez, to strike down this bastardy of bitchiness. So someone downloaded our episodes and this is what's upsetting you today? Doesn't that help us? I'm sorry I brought it up. Downvote. Downvote. Hit the dislike button. Oh, they downvote. Hey, can you do a new banner for the end of the podcast, Paul, where it says, please don't like, please thumbs down, <laughs> please unsubscribe? <laughs> I like. Here's what I said on YouTube. I don't know about all like Spotify and Apple iTunes, but it, it, it doesn't matter if they hit thumbs up or thumbs down. They both count as a community engagement, and the algorithm promotes it based on the more community engagements. So as far as I'm concerned, I wish you would get 500 friends to downvote all of our videos. And what happened? What happened to be an anti-culture? It's cool to get downvotes. Yeah. Hey, man, there's no such thing as bad publicity. Publicity. I don't, I don't know if that's actually true. I mean... Hey, guess people talking. Jesse Smollett would disagree. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Who? Juicy Smollett? <laughs> I watched one episode of Band of Brothers. Okay, welcome to Brothers from Other Mothers, where we lacklusterly talk about what we were supposed to talk. Okay. Um, I actually, just today, I went down a weird, weird fucking rabbit hole of research. Did you know we're in, <laughs> we are in a ketchup strike? Or a ketchup shortage? Oh, yes. We are? I didn't know that. I heard about it. I heard about it on so, my talk, before I talk show. Now, here's what's more, more cool is this is the second ketchup shortage in history. The first one being in 1973. So in case anybody knows, Heinz 57 has the market cornered on ketchup. And another small fact, the only reason I know about this is because I lived in England. In England, everything, every product sold to the consumer has to be approved by the crown. The only ketchup that the queen will allow be sold in the United Kingdom is Heinz. But that's irrelevant to the point. So uh, if you go to the store, you're going to see ketchup on the shelves. There's not any issues with buying ketchup for your house. The issue is ketchup packets. So, like, restaurants have a shortage on ketchup packets because Heinz has been the only big producer of ketchup packets. Number two in the world is McDonald's. They make their own ketchup. It was just, it was fascinating Do how, they like, really? I undercovered this whole, like, fast food monopoly of ketchup packets. And now Wendy's has realized, fuck you, I'm going to get in the ketchup game. So Wendy's, Wendy's and McDonald's now make their own ketchup packets. I did not know McDonald's made their own ketchup. It makes sense. The ketchup is really, yeah. really kind of sweet and sugary. It does taste different. M McDonald's, all products in McDonald's are owned by McDonald's. So McDonald's owns potato farms, beef farms. They have their own bakeries to make their own buns. McDonald's is 100% self-sufficient. I wouldn't mind buying their ketchup. Their ketchup's good. I. It's funny. I when I when I worked at in the, the stock room, I worked with an old guy named Tom McKenna during like the Bush era when when um, John Kerry was running, and he was so dead. This guy Tom I worked with who was dead set against anything having to do with Kerry to the point where like he refused to have Heinz ketchup anywhere in the fucking break room and it always it befuddled me and I brought a I brought I brought Heinz in one day and he says get that shit out of here and I said what the fuck like what is your th it's ketchup he's like oh she's fucking married to that goddamn Heinz bitch man it's all part of a conspiracy I'm like to me ketchup well, all tastes the same doesn't it well the no, issue it is no it doesn't so there's, there's, there's a stand up comic I don't remember just recently heard it but he was talking about this he's like if I fucking walk into your house for a barbecue and you offer me anything else besides Heinz ketchup just let me know I will fucking stop at the store on the way there and spend the extra 50 fucking cents for Heinz ketchup do not give me your generic brand fucking ketchup I, I, can remember being, I can remember being a kid and like Mom would go grocery shopping, and I'd open up the fridge door, and I'd see a bottle of Del Monte, and I looked at my mom, and I'd just be like, we're the poorest now, aren't we? The issue is, since COVID started, all the restaurants need ketchup packets. Before, they used to have the refillable squeeze bottles. Well, you can't use refillable squeeze bottles because the restaurants aren't open to public. They're handing out ketchup packets, and that's why we have the shortage. Not down here. Not down here. Guys, stock up. It's going to be gold one day. When, when that Zack Schneider's Las Vegas zombie movie kicks into effect, we might need it as a currency. 
Wood. Wood is the big thing down here right now. We have so many empty, empty construction sites oh, yeah. of houses. We're, we're, we're in the middle of a big fucking construction boom down here, but they have to stop building all these houses and buildings and condos because we can't get fucking wood. Huh. It's, that's, that, it's everywhere. And it's... There's also a shortage on aluminum. Yeah. The, the aluminum shortage has been happening for a while, though. I've got a whole bunch of projects. I want to build a chicken coop. I want to. Re- I have an old trailer that I want to re- redo, and it's got wood floors. And uh, I can't. You can't get wood. It, that or when you do get it, they have it priced through the roof right now. Just make concrete floors. I got it every morning when I wake up, man. <clears throat> it's like a like a hauling trailer. Like you put your four wheeler on it. You put your tractor on it. Yeah, it won't. It won't crack if you use concrete. It'll be fine. Bob, I don't think you understand the physics of how a trailer works. <laughs> I do. You can get your hands on some vibranium. Are your tires flat? No, no, I took my friend's advice and I made the floor out of concrete. <laughs> we we can't talk about Falcon Winter Soldier because John hasn't seen it. Where are you at in the MCU, John? Where? What's the last thing you've watched? Thor Dark World. Thor Dark World? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty close, either one of you. <laughs> I got. I actually, I actually went back and saw where I stopped the other day, so I could actually answer that. Now, I took a screenshot of it. Uh, Winter Guardians of the Galaxy, Age of Ultron, Captain America: Civil War. Uh. Ant-Man or Civil War. So I think I'm at the start of Phase Three. You're close. Yeah, you're 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 close to the end. Very yeah, close. yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I got like Phase Three to go. So I'm like right at the start of Phase Three. I'm pretty sure I saw Civil War. Is that the one when he's in the elevator and all the guys are looking at him? Winter and, Soldier. Yeah. You're you're not watching them. You're not watching them in chronicle chronological order. You're watching them in release date. I watch. I'm watching them in release date order. I like yeah. that better because I like little prequels and throwbacks and shit like that. That's the way that I'm doing it. Watched Mortal Kombat last night. Did anyone watch Mortal Kombat? Yeah, was it, did, did we all watch it? Bob I hasn't. Did. You guys yeah, feel, free, feel free to talk about it. I don't. If we're comparing it to the 95 Mortal Kombat, is the superior Mortal Kombat movie. It's an Oscar-winning picture compared to the fucking 90s <laughs> Mortal Kombat. It has its own Mortal Kombat movie. It was... Meh. It was okay. Yeah. I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. I've had several people tell me that the 95 version is the better film. What? Uh, because it's based around an actual tournament. I don't know. I haven't watched it. I think they're trying to build a franchise with this movie based yeah, on they how are. they ended it, and I think yeah. that's how you're going to get to it, to it, is getting through the stepping stone. Here's the only spoiler, Bob, I'm going to give. There was not one tournament fight in this movie. Yeah, But there was plenty of cool fucking kills, man. Oh, yeah, and that's the thing. The, whoever the main character was, like it's not he's not a Mortal Kombat character I'm familiar with, if he is one at all, or if you or if he was made for the movie. Is. You could have got rid of him in in the whole tie into the Scorpion bloodline thing, and the movie I think would have actually been better. Uh, the only thing I will say compared to the ninety five, uh, who's the main bad guy? Sun Tzu or Tung Tzu, the guy who's in charge of all the out thing. Replace him with the t- the Tung Tzu from the ninety five Mortal Kombat. And that that would have been the only switch I would have made from the '95 movie to I this one. I think he's dead. I thought the guy '95 did that one better. That's funny because I watched it. I thought it was the same person. It was also in Dark Knight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, the fucking banker that that Batman goes to yeah. Japan and brings back. That's right. Mm-hmm. The guy who played Sun Tzu. <laughs> yeah. I looks, looks way Not Sun Tzu, Shang Chi. Yeah, it's the guy who wrote the Art of War. <laughs> hey, hey Bob, yeah. Bob, Bob, play the meat side of rice. It's all the same fucking thing. Oh, know your Jesus. enemy very, very well. I liked it. I mean, I'm excited to see where they go for it. It was cool to get a mature yeah. version of Mortal Kombat. It starts off really good and it ends really good, and then the middle is kind of just meh. It kind of kind of drags a little bit. But do you I, think I it'll it. do well enough to actually get a sequel? Is the question? Yes. Uh, yeah. oh, in pandemic, in pandemic land, yeah, it'll, it'll definitely will. I'm willing to say 90 percent of that movie, I no, 80, 80 to 85 percent of that movie, along with a lot of the Warner Brothers to HBO Max movies, are all green screen, man. Like mm-hmm. it's so easy to just shoot it on a lot now and have people tweak it and make it look as best they can. Like Mortal mm-hmm. Kombat looked good. You could definitely see like some of the bad CGI in it, but 
Fuck, they're gonna ramp all this shit up now because it, it's cost. It costs next to nothing to make the shit now. Biggest movie this year in theaters has been uh, Kong versus Godzilla. It's made a hundred million dollars in theaters. I know a lot of wow. people who've seen it in theaters. Oh, here's what I liked: they saved their money on casting. They didn't hire any already known stars, and I kind of appreciate that because we're seeing a younger cast of actors. The biggest name they had was the guy who played Jax. He, he played the. Uh, he played, was in True Blood. He was in True Blood. He was in Supergirl. And like he's never done anything mainstream, and this I he was the biggest star they had in the movie. It was good. Who, who was he in True Blood? Remember that that cow god chick? Yeah, he was the he he was the one she possessed. That is not and, eggs. That is not that's eggs. Eggs. That's eggs. Is it really? Jax's eggs. Yeah. This will fucking get us into the next segment that me and Doug uh, we've already talked about uh, discussing Resident Evil: The Village. Anyone play the demo? I can't I was because too my late. goddamn PlayStation won't connect to the internet. And I was too late. I downloaded it and I didn't realize that they were only doing it at certain times. Four, hour, four hours. Yeah, you had a four-hour window, which is ridiculous. So anyways, uh, True Blood. Man, did I love True Blood when it first came out. The first three seasons, I was like, this show is one of my favorites. It's so good. And then that show just went bam and fucking hit the floor for me. When you bought it, werewolves and fairy godmothers. And yeah, they jumped the shark. They jumped the shark, and it got way too ridiculous for me to fucking watch. How to many? this day, I've tried two times to get through the final couple seasons of that show, and I just can't fucking See, watch it. I disagree when only because I read the books, and it they did their best to try and follow the books, but they just did it poorly. Yeah, when Alex, when when Alexander Skarsgård, maker that the, the the young kid vampire who was the oldest, I can't remember his name for the life of me. When he died, that's where they should have ended the show. Yeah, that was a great that was a great season. Wasn't that um, when they buried him alive under the? No, well, he met the son. He met the son on his own for the betterment of vampire and mankind. He chose. He wanted to show that vampires and humans could live in peace, and if sacrificing him, it was the Jesus tale. He played yeah. Christ. That's what it was. It was direct simulation of. Yeah, I mean the whole the whole were panther werewolf thing. I mean that was always part of the books, and I enjoyed that part of it. It's just the Bill Sookie thing. They took it so much further than it ever was in the books because she ends up with Eric in like book three, and she's with Eric for a long, long time. So it's very different than the series. Alright, so what, what I was going to say, so it looks like Resident Evil is going the same way via fucking True Blood because right. the enemies the are werewolves and fucking vampires. And I don't know don't know how I feel about that yet. The game I'm feels good. It. It, it looks good. Uh, when I got attacked by the werewolves, it was fucking creepy as fuck, but I was just like, really? I'm playing a Resident Evil game, and there's werewolves and vampires. Okay, so let, let, let's go back mm. in time to Resident Evil. We had zombie dogs. We had mutated yeah. frogmen. Um, you had mutated yeah. alligators in Resident Evil 2, which were pretty badass. Yeah, so, I mean, to me, the Spiders. idea of going to werewolves, okay, I'm fine with that. How about Resident Evil 7, the fucking insects nobody fucking told me about? Fuck you. I don't play Resident Evil, so I'm out of this one. Okay, uh, I'll do my top five. Number five, Code Veronica. Four, the Resident Evil 2 remake. Number three, Resident Evil 7. <coughs> number two, Resident Evil 4. And number one, when they remade the original Resident Evil for the GameCube, PS3, PS4, etc. So mine is going to be three... Code Veronica. Two is going to be Resident Evil 1, and one is going to be Resident Evil 4. I'm kind of doing this off the cuff because I'm looking at all the different games in that, and uh, I've, I've played... It's amazing how many of these I've played. Like, even some of, like, the... There was a period uh, in the early 2000s where, like, they were pumping on Resident Evil PS2 games left and right, like Dead Aim, uh, yeah, fucking... Outbreak, Outbreak filed the, the two online games for the PS2 online that sucked. They were so fucking slow in loading. Resident Evil Gaiden for the Game Boy. But um, my top five, I'm going to see. I'm going to go from uh, least favorite to my most favorite. <coughs> Number one will be my, my, my favorite, my top spot. So, um, so let's go with... Fuck me, dude. 
There's actually only a handful I really enjoy now that I'm looking. I'm, I'm going to reverse it. I'll go in, my, in order of my favorite to least favorite. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, Resident Evil 4 is my absolute be-all, end-all favorite of the series as far as the story goes. The characters, the controller. Uh, I love that fucking game. Um, up until uh, a couple days ago, I never would have guessed it, but Resident Evil 7, that's my number two spot, man. Game is fucking insane. It's insane how much it unnerves me, but it's insane how much it keeps making me want to fucking play it. It's it's ridiculously good. Um, Resident Evil 4, Resident Evil 7, then I'll go with Resident Evil 2 Remake. Um, Resident Evil... Resident Evil uh, GameCube, Resident Evil Zero, and Res really, yeah, I enjoyed Resident Evil Zero and Resident Evil. Uh, actually, no, I'll put Resident Evil Remake on GameCube and then Resident Evil Zero. I'm surprised you would put Zero over Code Veronica though. That's yeah, I'll, 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 I'll be completely honest with all of you guys. Um, a lot of I know a lot of people love Nemesis and Code Veronica. Those are the two in the series that like I did not care for so much so that I have not bought in the Resident Evil Three uh, remake because I have no desire to play. Right, yeah. It was I also like really, it was really done poor, really poorly done poor to Resident Evil Three. Too. I feel that way about um, uh, what's her face in Resident Evil Two when you when you play the game through as Leon, which I did, and then you go you, on the remake, you get to go back and play as uh, as Jill, and I really did not like the replay through as her. I didn't find it nearly as fun or nearly as compelling as they made Leon's in the remake. Favorite survival horror game of all time. Silent Hill. You guys are making me want to go pull Silent my PlayStation Hill. 4 out of the garage. You should in. pull your PlayStation 4 out of the garage. I'll or you should just send it down to me since mine doesn't work anymore. <laughs> um, I'll send you some ketchup packets. <laughs> favorite survival is a ketchup packet. <laughs> God damn it, I'm getting the delay. <laughs> so um, That's good. <laughs> favorite, favorite survival. So when you're saying favorite survival game, does it have to be like dystopian survival or just survival, survival horror? Yeah. Survival horror. Okay. Silent Hill. Yeah, Silent Hill for me. I've never been big in horror games. I would love for them to Konami to remake fuck it the first Silent Hill game. That would be fucking outstanding. Else. Supposedly they are, but I don't believe it. No, that that there's been a rumor of that for years. I'm actually oh, yeah. a Silent Hill online, and everyone talks about it for years. It's been mm -hmm. a rumor. So, Bob, uh, I was cutting the last couple episodes, and, and, and we bring it up. You, you hadn't finished it, but you, I know you have now, and we, we said that we'd talk about it at some point, but you finished Justified. I did. Yeah. I did. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed the show. The ending... The ending, to me, left a little bit to be desired, honestly, but I, I thought it was a good... The show was great. I think it was I, I think it was the perfect ending, but I completely understand how people could be disappointed with it or upset with it. I, just, I wasn't disappointed many, or upset. I was just kind of like, eh. How many times? But here's my question. Everybody in the final episode of a show always tries to go big or go home, and it usually ends with it falling horrible, horribly flat. I mean, Game of Thrones. Um, I'm trying to think of other shows off the top of my head that like were just really disappointed. Everybody's alive at the end of this. All the main characters are alive. You have a closing to every single story arc, and there's nothing left to me where you're having questions about something in the story. Oh, no, That's no. I opinion. mean, they, they wrapped it up all pretty nice and neat. I just... Dude, I ended up liking Dewey Crow much more than I ever thought I would. How could you I not love Dewey love Crow? Dewey. He's awesome. I would give the show a solid nine. It's a good Fair. show. Fair enough. Fair. And there's yeah, not many shows to me that I will give more than a nine. I'd be honest, I'm disappointed because I've been wait. I keep waiting for Paul to pop up on screen with a fucking Stetson man in the worst way. <laughs> it's it's sitting in my Amazon cart. It's a hundred. It's a hundred and forty dollars. The exact one he wore in the in the show. What shows? It. What shows would you give your top rating to? Any genre? Breaking I'll, I'll, Bad. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. I would have to put Justified. I think I'm going to say Justified's my new favorite show of all time. If not, Rescue Me is really, really close in the running. I'd put Justified up there. Sopranos is up there. The Wire is up there. Um, if we're doing a top five, everything you've named would be my top five. Uh, dude, I love How I Met Your Mother. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, one of my favorite shows. I think. I think for me, the best way I can articulate this for me, 
I watch TV shows, specifically TV shows, because I want writing that's going to draw emotion out of me. Whether that's a happy emotion, a sad emotion, something that makes me think deep critically. In, like, Breaking Bad, I didn't feel any emotions throughout that show. Uh, the League, same thing. Like, The Office, I watch The Office, and I laugh my ass off every All right, single I'm going to make episode. it, that's going to have to be my next show that I watch, because I still haven't watched Start it. Start season two. In yeah, that's, that's what you guys all told me to start with season because as much no, as start with season one. Season much, one's not bad. I had I've had trouble it. getting through the first two episodes over and over and over. I'll tell you why you should start with season two and not season one. This is, this is the argument I will make for John. Season two on the characters become that version of themselves. Season one. They're different. They're not the same people. The only thing that kind of stays the same is you get to see the building of the relationship between Jim and Pam, and that's not mm. that much of season one. I, I, I'm going to disagree with Doug, and I'm going to make an argument as to why to watch season one. It actually makes you appreciate the character development on how drastically it changes throughout the show, but specifically through season one to season two. I mean, because as much as I love Parks and Rec, and as similar as those shows are stylistically... I should like The Office. I like the actors, so I don't know why I'm having so much trouble getting into the show. If you enjoy Parks and Rec, you will enjoy The Office. I will st I will bet $100 on that. I will say what I've seen so far of Band of Brothers is Jesus Christ, fuck David Swimmer's character. Oh, Good yeah. lord. That How do you take How do you take an actor who is so universally fucking loved and make Everybody hated. They did that at Band of Brothers. They made it. They did it really easily. And let me tell you right now, you're gonna really enjoy the story arc of him and how that comes for how how that comes full circle. Oh uh, man! Yeah. By the end of the first episode, you're like, "Fuck this guy!" Like he's the fucking worst. And, and the fact when that one guy just looks and says, "Look, I'm not going into battle under that son of a bitch." You know, yeah. like okay. And watching it, I didn't realize, you know, I knew there were a lot of people in it before they were famous. But I'm like watching it, and every two minutes there's someone else from Justified just popping up yeah. on the screen. Yeah. I'm like, oh, there's so-and-so, there's so-and-so. <laughs> uh, R R Richard Spate Jr. is, uh, well, he was, he's, he's in it, and he's like, uh, if you guys are Supernatural fans, I know a couple of you guys watch Super, have watched Supernatural. Uh, he's Gabriel in it, Doug. I know you haven't watched it, but he's the Archangel Gabriel. If you ever watch any of the backstage interviews of that, of like the main characters, they're like they all love Richard, and they were like, "Oh, you guys don't know anything about Richard? Did you know he wasn't Band of Brothers? Don't worry, if you know him for five minutes, he'll fucking tell you all about it." <laughs> <laughs> I read some behind great. the scenes stuff on the show before I started watching it about how it was HBO's <coughs> first first really expensive big show, and it was you know over a hundred million dollars to do and. Well, that was a big deal because a lot of the guys from the generation that that show's based off of were still alive. I remember Dad, like, Dad's emotional, yeah. got emotional over that show. D Dick Winters, the, Dick Winters literally documented everything in his journal. And he, when he, once he got out and went to work in New Jersey, uh, that's the story of Easy Company is that whole Band of Brothers is his book. That's, we're watching his book play out. Yeah, Are we boring you? No, I'm just really fucking tired. <laughs> I've I'm working seven days a week overnight every night. So I know you are, man. I'm just. Are you still working at the car lot? No. You quit? No. Here's what happened. So I get to work. We get our first check, and I'm like, "What the fuck is this?" I'm like, oh, we told you guys in training, you guys weren't being paid for training. I'm like, I assure you, you did not tell us that. Otherwise, I wouldn't fucking come to training. Like, you didn't pay us for three days, so fuck you. So then, moving on, um, like I said, I sold five cars in the first week. First two weeks. Because the first week we were only allowed one day. And uh, so, the first time someone helps you, even if they just give you a pe They don't show you any paperwork at all. It's part of their whole shtick. So you have to ask someone who's been there for help, because you don't know any of the paperwork. So... Moving forward, it got to the point where I found out when Rachel bought her car, I didn't get any credit for that car because it's in the 
it's in the company bylaws that friends and family you don't get any commission off of a car you sell to friends or family, which Doesn't was make not sense. right. How does it make sense if they're paying for it and it's profit right. for the company? Like, why do you not get commission Correct. off? It makes no sense. Correct. Then, so later on that day, I had a lady who wanted a car, and um, this fucking guy, his name. I'll leave that in there. Fuck that guy. Um, he, uh, he's like, yeah, man, uh, he walks over to my customer and he's like, you know, Bob's new here. I know he didn't ask, ask you all these questions. And the lady's like, no, sir. He asked me every fucking question you just asked me. I just choose not to give you the answers. And he just kind of stopped. And then he's like, Bob, come. And I said, what did you just say to me? And he's like, oh, oh, come with me. I'm like, no, you said the word come like I'm a dog. It got a little heated, and I texted Ray what all was happening. And then we got up to the desk, and he's like, look, man, if they're thinking about looking at another car, you just need to lie and tell them how many people have died in that other car. And I was like, no, that's not going to happen. So I texted Rachel what happened, and she just texted me back in capital letters, quit. And so I just walked right out and left. And that was it. Like, I'm, I'm not that kind of person. I don't know. I don't disagree with you. I always figured car dealerships were shitty. Now I know. Can we just set, point out how stellar Bob's sleuth skills are? You could tell he watched Carmen San Diego that he figured out it was John. Dude, it was such a good <laughs> show. <laughs> you learned so much watching that show. I would love to rewatch the old Carmen San Diego. I actually uh, defunct. If you on YouTube, there's a channel called uh, Defunk Defunkland. And he started off doing like things on different uh, amusement parks that had, went out of business and stuff like that. But then he started another series and another series and another series. He did Defunct TV. He recently did an episode on Defunct TV of uh, Carmen Sandiego. And it was we really, really interesting. John, what's your address? I'm going to put it in big white letters across the screen like an at-home send, send a self-addressed stamped envelope. <laughs> so from your house? From I your got house, guns. I don't give a shit. <laughs> From your house, it's like 65 bucks. My oh, man! I'm going to send you an Altoid tin with a little tiny Christmas light on top of it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so going to say, weird. open this up to hear the scariest sound in the world. <laughs> and it's going to be Darling Nikki. John and I both at one point, we talked about going out to Vegas and buying into the, what was it, five grand? To yeah, buy that, that not the not the World Series of Poker, not the main event, but no, 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 there's no. like to get to work your way into it. The satellite, yeah, the satellite was like five grand to, for the one that I was looking at. So I'm gonna take a strong guess and say that Bob and John. Well, I'm assuming I know John's gonna say yes to this. Rounders is definitely up there in great movies. Absolutely, it's on my top. I, top I'm not going to lie; I have never seen Rounders. I saw it when it came Ooh. out. I have not. I mean, Another movie I have on DVD, Blu-ray, uh, Amazon. I believe I own, own it on Amazon. If you've, <laughs> wow, it's great. wow, I heard I can't it's great. Rounders. Yeah, I know. I can't either. You know what, John? Normally, I would let there. I would normally I would sit there and let Bob eat fucking Oreos all goddamn night. But today, I didn't have the fucking time. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. You're so fucking money, man. you've never man. seen fucking rounders. You're so money, Pay bro. this man. Pay this man his man money. Oh, money. Check, 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 check. Molly's <laughs> okay. game is great, too, but not as good as rounders, though. I like... No, I but I know... I, I heard it was based off of, like, a real game that was it's happening. It's true. Oh, it's true. And when you find out who the asshole... Who's the guy from Arrested Development? The kid from Arrested Development. It's Michael, Michael Sarah. Sarah. Michael Sarah. Michael Sarah. He plays... But he's like the main like young Hollywood star who's like a part of the game. When yeah. you find out, when you watch that movie and you're like, what a fucking asshole. When you find out after you watch it and you do your research who the actual actor was, I'm not going to say until you watch it. I remember reading it. You're just like, dumbfounded. Yeah, I remember reading who all the people were at one point, but... My absolute favorite card game type movie like that is uh, Ocean's Eleven, the remake with uh, Brad Pitt. It's a great movie. Yeah, okay. 
Anyway, hey, I'm, I, I don't care what anybody says. That was a fun movie. I just I said it was. I just said it was. But they're not really gambling movies. Those are heist movies. Yeah. Oh, then my favorite heist movies, Tower Heist, with Eddie Murphy and Ben Stiller. I gotta tell God, you what. what? Was... I did not watch that. Uh, it's a horrible whatever, movie. What, whenever Zombieland Casino Royale comes out, that's probably going to be my new favorite heist movie. <laughs> Zombieland Casino Royale? <laughs> my favorite magician movie. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Alright, what's your top three magician films? Um, I think okay. three in existence. No, I can think of four. Of off the, I can think of four off the top of my head. Uh, off the top of my head, number one is the Prestige, uh, and I'm, I'm, clearly the the Illusionist is is right behind that. Uh huh. And then I'm gonna go with the Oddball, uh, the Hulu. Actually, both the Hulu and whatever the other one. Came, I think it was Prime. Uh, Amazing Jonathan documentary about him. Him. That was a good documentary. So those are my three. I would say, as far as I'm gonna, films, I'm going to go Now You See Me for my third one. Oh, that's with uh, Lex Luthor, right? Yeah. Dude, it's, that movie was just fucking really well done. Uh, okay, so we're doing favorite magician, mov- favorite magician movies? Yes. Okay, mine is going to be WrestleMania Seven, Royal Rumble 1992, and Survivor Series 91. What? What? What's the theme? Is there like a, a magician wrestling? It's all an illusion. No, we're, we're watching the prestige <laughs> the entire time we're watching, Paul. We see the turn. <laughs> now, the, now, the first time I watched The Illusionist, I, I liked it more than The Prestige the first time I saw it. And then I watched The Prestige again, and I was like, no, this movie just blows it out of the water. It's a beautiful It's just movie. so fucking good. It, with the addition of Tesla and all of that shit, it was just so well done. I uh, I kind of zoned out a little bit while you guys were talking because I wanted to see who you were talking about, Michael Sarah, and now I'm gonna watch that movie. But I'll tell you what, I already kind of assumed it was who John. I'm not gonna say, but I kind of assumed could, it was. You, you could say I'm not gonna confirm nor deny it, but you have to see what a dick he is at a card table to people. Well, it, yeah, it, you're just like you want to choke this little fucking. Son of a bitch. When you watch him play cards, if you've ever played cards in your life, you want to choke the shit out of him. Well, I actually had in the back of my mind that it was that person. And the only reason I thought that was because I was thinking, who who could Michael Sarah portray that I know has a, has a reputation for being that kind of a person? Because Topher Grace's portrayal in Ocean's Eleven was also based on that person. I've read that before. You remember? Mm-hmm. You remember? Yeah. I'd also read whether or not it's true. I'd read that there was contention on the set of a certain movie they were both in oh, together, a yeah, certain yeah, superhero yeah, yeah, yeah. movie that they were both in together because he played yeah, that yeah, role yeah. in Ocean's All Eleven. Right. Okay. All right. Yeah. You're, you're on the right track. But watch the movie first. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've heard a lot of it, and I just re-looked it up because my brain is shot that it was Tobey Maguire. But spoilers. I, I'm not confirming or denying because I haven't seen it. It is, it's it's Toby McGuire, but when you watch it, you're just like, really? Well, you you got to remember, him and DiCaprio made a movie that painted them in such a bad light, they tied it up in legal hell so they couldn't be, it would never get released so the public wouldn't see how they really acted. It was like a little documentary they filmed, and this guy was going to put it out, and they were like, no, like, they were talking about how, you know, like taking bets on who was going to sleep with the most women each night and just just horrible shit all on live camera and they were going to put it out and he's like then DiCaprio got famous and was like no 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 you can't do that it was right before Spider-Man came out only if they followed the cider house rules the movie was called Don's Plum (coughs) that's the documentary no that's the movie that they got made that was that never got Release all the lawsuits. Uh, it was an independent drama film. Nikki Cox was in it. A whole Kevin. <laughs> she looks um, awful these days. Hey, my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> they were paid five hundred and seventy-five dollars a day to appear in the film. They later sued to stop the movie from being released. As of twenty nineteen, the film is still blocked from release in the U.S. and Canada. 
I'm gonna choose something short this this next time. I'm gonna choose like a movie or a doc or something like yeah, that. Mine, mine, yeah, I'll go, I'll go movie from here on out. Mine okay. won't be a series from here on out. I'm not gonna like be like, okay, watch all <coughs> all twelve seasons of Scrubs. Uh, I'm just all right. I'm, watching, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna twenty four. I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna choose how I met your mother. But each week we're gonna talk about each episode of How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the How I Met Your Mother podcast. We have 158 episodes to go. How your brother committed oh suicide. Season one. Are you kidding me? There's like nine seasons of How I Met Your Mother, and it's a 22 episode. Oh, no, I know. It, it's all right. Well, then yeah, we're gonna, a lot. Then we're gonna I watch X Files afterwards. <laughs> um, John, what? John, just initial thoughts of Generation Kill. Initial thoughts of Generation Kill. It has one of the best endings of any series that I have watched. The final fucking scene. Uh, hit me right in the fucking feels. Uh, I'm not going to talk about it. Everyone else has seen it. Other than that, there were two, maybe three likable characters in the whole fucking thing. And I I enjoyed certain aspects of it, but all in all, I found it rather boring. I did like the political, all the political shit, shining light on all the political shit our soldiers had to deal with during that time. I thought that was great to see. Uh, a lot of the combat scenes with the night vision were really well done. I think it was really well done, but all in all, I think it was three episodes longer than it needed to be. It's only six episodes. Oh, six. Six. I think you could have condensed it all down into a three-hour fucking movie, and it would have played out a lot better. But also, I think it's important to show just how much time these soldiers had of nothing happening, nothing happening. Just like in Jarhead, per se, with the first Gulf War, where the Navy and the Air Force were really our our main forces, and the boots on the ground really didn't do a whole lot. But I enjoyed it. I'm glad I watched it. Um, there's some great performances in it. I'm glad I watched it. And like I said, it's one of the best endings. That ending scene, I was like, fuck, they did that right. Yeah, and just just so everybody knows, it just like Band of Brothers, that was that was a book done by the Rolling Stone reporter from that show. And Rudy in the show is Rudy in real life because they couldn't find somebody badass enough to play Rudy. Yeah, but he's hardly in it though. You told me that, and I'm like, who the fuck is Rudy? And I'm like, oh, there he is. He's in it for ten minutes throughout fucking seven hours of the show. Yeah, well, the guy who played Z- to me, Alexander Skarsgård, and the guy who played Ziggy in The Wire are the stars of the oh, show. Oh yeah, oh absolutely. Those are like the two. Those are the two main characters, and it's they awesome watching them interact. They're, they're fucking hilarious. With each other. Talking about these movies automatically makes my mind go back to Saving Private Ryan, and when I think about Saving Private Ryan, I think about how many times America or America's forces or interplanetary forces. I've had to save Matt Damon. <laughs> well, Matt he's, Damon. A national tragedy. he's a national tragedy. That's because he was going to figure out how to grow potatoes from shit, man. Like he had, we weren't there yet. He had to get us over. We had to. He and, served oh, a and, purpose. You know, and I'll there was, argue there, there that was the Martian another, is my favorite Matt Damon movie. There was another it's space movie. movie that he was in. That's my favorite space movie. That he was kind of a douchebag. Elysium. We had to save him then too. Fucking dickhead. Yeah, I forgot. I forgot he was in that. Well, Matt technically, Damon. technically, we didn't <laughs> save him. <laughs> yeah. No, he, they tried. <laughs> he fucked it up, though. Me and my buddy Kyle rode our bicycles up to Bell Tower like we used to do every Friday night, and fucking walked into that movie, and I thought I was walking into some <laughs> Hollywood fucking war movie. I, 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 I'm sorry, I gotta stop you for one second. Sure. Just the way you said that. Me and my buddy Kyle, we were walking down a long, dusty Long road. road. <laughs> all of a sudden, Kyle said, hey, let's get an ice cream and go see Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> and all of a sudden, there shined a shiny D. Shiny, shiny D. In the middle. In the middle. Of the road. Of the road. And he said, <laughs> <laughs> he said, May, we are but men. Rock! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the way you said that, it sounded just like Jack Black. Hey, if you guys do go to Immokalee tonight and John wins a fortune and becomes independently wealthy and a world traveler, 
I will tell you this. Use some of that money to go to France and actually go to Utah and Normandy <laughs> and, like, just be I'd there. Love to. It would definitely give you a new perspective on Saving Private Ryan. I bet. I bet. I have, but, uh, I have an in- a vision of John in my mind getting off the airplane in France with with a beret and a big oversized glass of red wine. Oh, bonjour, bonjour, French people! And you know what's funny is I actually had it in my head where John is like dressed as normal with a hat, like a straight-billed hat cocked sideways, and Ziggy's gold glasses from Generation Kill, cigarette in his mouth, and a Budweiser tall boy. <laughs> oh, God damn it. And I pour the Budweiser out on the sand, and I'm like, for all the soldiers. Oh, so, I have something that I want to promote, and, and you guys don't have to watch it, uh, but I thought it was so good that I wanted to let people know about it, and, and people can make up their own minds. I forget exactly what I was watching. It was something on YouTube, and an advertisement came on for a show on Hulu, a three-episode documentary series that I, on the first glance, I'm like, this looks fucking stupid. And it's called Sasquatch. And that's what made me think it looks fucking stupid was the name. And then I watched the trailer, and it started kind of roping me in with this true crime aspect to it. And I watched the first episode. I would recommend, watch the first episode. If it doesn't pull you in, then I'm wrong. And Coming to America 2 was a good movie. But if it does pull you in... I'm, that, was, that was a joke. But if it does... It, I'm telling you, I watched all three episodes consecutively it pulled me into it and it's about sasquatch in the first episode and then it becomes something much darker and it, it's it's a real story from the perspective of this this journalist this uh, investigative journalist who'd been doing it for like the last 20 30 years he infiltrated a white pow- uh, like a white nationalist nazi group shaved his head got tattoos like the, he was a lot like matthew mcconaughey's character in true crime like he got so like so like so like seth rogan and Longshot. Uh, I, I've only seen Longshot once. Uh, it re- refresh my memory. In the very beginning, he starts getting the, the swastika tattoo. They find out he's a reporter. He jumps out the second floor yes. window and lands on a car. Kind of, just not funny like that. But, but That movie's hilarious. It, 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 it builds it up to show you what this guy's credentials are and where this story's coming from. And the story was, back in 93 in Humboldt County... Humboldt was part of the region known as the Emerald Triangle for growing some of the best marijuana in the country. And Still is to this day. Yeah, that's what I've heard. I want, I, God, I would love to try it. Um, but he got into it with a, a buddy of his who was working on a farm in, in Humboldt County. And he got in with this guy. And one night, uh, some guys came in that were working at the camp. And they were freaked out because they found bodies, these Mexican immigrant bodies, that had been like literally just dismembered and, and decapitated. And they're like, it's Bigfoot. And... and the guy who owned the house, the guy who owned, you know, one of the guys was just like, it was Bigfoot, man, it was Bigfoot. And the owner of the house is like, shut your fucking mouth, shut up. And so the guy doesn't think anything of it, writes his piece, goes on with his life. Years later, it's gnawing at him, and he starts looking into, like, three murdered migrant workers in Humboldt County in 1993. And for the next three episodes, it takes you on this journey where he finds out the truth behind what really happened. And I'm not, I'm not going to go any, any further into it other than saying don't let if, – if you think it sounds stupid because it's called Sasquatch and that, that's the basis used to get you in, just give the first episode a shot. That's all I ask. No, you have my, no, you have my attention. You have my attention. I'll watch it. It's, you don't have I'm, – I'm saying for people watching or listening, like it no, really I'll, sucked me in. I'll give it a shot. Hey, hey, Bob, hypothetically speaking, say you had two buddies up in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. How much would it be to drive them to the Immokalee Casino? Way too much. Let's <laughs> find out. Grand. Yeah, easily. <laughs> Doug. Fucking easily. Doug, what's your uh, address? So I got... I'll toss you 100 bucks for that. Speaking of good gamblers versus uh, bad gamblers, I'm going to suggest that everybody watches uh, Mississippi Grind this week. As my choice. Well, we didn't really discuss Band of Brothers, or would did we just do one episode? Was that no? It, I'm or? still gonna watch it. Okay. I'm not done. Like, well, I, we can't we yeah, can't there's... do a whole season of it right now, though, because he's only watched one episode. So far, I've enjoyed what I've seen. Um, I, I'm being totally honest. If that were me, and they're like, when you're up in the plane, and it's like one, two, three, go. There's no fucking way, dude. There, no fucking way. 
Bro, you're only in the training version of them jumping out. Wait till you get to, wait till you actually get to France. Get to the actual <laughs> fucking jump. Yep. It's uh it is way more intense. Trust me, France would make you way more terrified. <laughs> I think we should do a segment every week on the podcast that's called the text burn of the week or just like something about our group text because there's shit that happens in our group text that I think is so fucking funny. And I would like to nominate, if we do decide to do this, this week's goes to John. When he posted the fucking Rush music video, and he said, did you like the new Outline Trio video? No, the new I... Cambria. Oh, the new Cody and Cambria fucking track is awesome. It was... I fucking laughed the whole entire time that video played. That was good, but I thought <laughs> Doug's retort was better. I don't remember. I honestly don't remember what I said. I don't Did remember. You getting in a bag? It was the lead singer <laughs> to. Uh... Yeah, I remember it now. Oh fuck! Really, like, yeah, John, did you hear uh, Brendan Kelly's new solo song? <laughs> just, dude, I'm like, shit. it's not not as good as that Coheed track, but still. <laughs> Gosh, oh, I, thought, I thought those were both really good. Um, I'm not. I just, John. I want you to know, like, literally, the whole time that music video played, I could not stop fucking laughing. I gotta tell you something. <laughs> Bob and I were actually talking on the phone when I got that text, and I opened up oh, my phone. Beep. Hold on. A I was at work, and I'm like, hold on a second. And I bring it up, and I'm like, John texted something. Woody text, and I'm like, hey, the new guy. <laughs> and when I, when I played, when I pressed play on it, I just started laughing out loud. And Bob's like, what is it? And I'm like, it's Rush, but he says it's a new code. I thought Bob just was like, it was real quiet on the phone, and Bob's like, he's a fucking idiot. <laughs> so last night, I'm, I'm driving, like, the two worst passengers I've probably ever had. These fucking oh boy. white trash pieces of shit in Lehigh. The lady's like, you're going to take us to the store, right? And I'm like, that's not how you ask a question. And she's like, well, I want to go to the store. I'm like, then put it in the app. Oh, is that how it works? I haven't used it. Yeah, you, you just you just add it. She's, yeah. like, I don't, she's like, I don't want to do that. I'm like, then you don't want to go to the fucking store. And <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? Like, so we're out in the middle of nowhere. <coughs> she, just, she just starts being a bitch. And the, the husband's like, shut up, Shell. Shut up, Shell. And I'm like, yeah, Shell, you might want to be quiet. And <laughs> she's like, could you at least turn the radio up? And I'm like, I can do that. And I just fucking cranked it. And she's like, it's so fucking loud. It's so fucking loud. And it was just cranked. And the guy's like, oh, that sounds really good. <laughs> and then I stop at the corner of their street to make the turn. And she's like, are you kicking us out of the car? I'm like, if I was going to kick you out of the car, I wouldn't have waited until I got to your street. And she's like, okay, that makes sense. And she's like, you could have got a big tip. I'm like, oh, I'm real I'm real sure I would have. You know, your washing machine's in the front yard. I'm sure the money would have been rolling in. Oh my <laughs> I, feel God. Like we're learning, I feel like we're learning Dude. a lot about Bob as a person through his tales of stories. Like, he's totally okay to commit grand larceny on the clock. Steal <laughs> <laughs> you know, someone's dog. Woman's dog. But fuck, do not ask to stop at the Quickie Mart on your way. No, I will, I, will, I will gladly stop anywhere for somebody if they ask nicely. Nicely. Yeah. Yeah. Just ask yeah. me. Hey, When I stole the dog, he put all the instructions in the app. Yeah, I mean, he was right <laughs> on the phone with me. But like, if you're if, if if I'm giving John a ride and he says, "Hey, do you mind going to the store?" Cool. But hey, take me to the store? No, not gonna happen. Yeah. Just, all, all you gotta do is ask. All you gotta do is ask. And then I go pick up this lady, and she's um, uh, what's the politically correct way to say it? Something's off. Um, Mentally unstable. Schizophrenic. Mentally from Wisconsin? No, ment <laughs> mentally, some something's like not working properly. And uh, I get there, and she's like, "I have a shopping cart I need to bring." And I'm like, and I'm looking at my car, and I'm like, "And where do you think that's going to go?" Don't you have a bike she's, rack for my shopping cart? And she's like, I, "I I'm used to taking a bus, not a lift." I'm like, "Well." 
They well, don't fit shopping carts. Wait a minute. Do buses fit shopping carts? <laughs> Did I, I, I have something? no idea, dude. And I'm just like, what's going on right now? And Why do you need to bring a shopping... What? I'm so confused. Yeah, what I, the... What? This was also in Lehigh. It's a, oh is it an Aldi's? <laughs> we have an Aldi's shopping Dude, cart. I didn't I, want to get my car. I don't want to. I don't. I don't. I don't want to put the twenty-five cent deposit in. I can't put my own cart. It was so weird, dude. Can and you then, imagine? Oh, Shock G of Digital Underground passed away this week. I realize we're a couple weeks ahead, and this won't come out, and it probably won't matter to some, but it it matters to me uh, to to talk about the people that that genuinely mean something to you whether indirectly or directly when they leave this earth. And Shock G was one for me. I really enjoyed Digital Underground. Not just enjoyed, but like I got to meet those guys uh, when I lived in Fort Myers, and he could not have been a cooler dude and contributed some of the some of the best music in, in my, my teenage years, my early teenage years, man. So What they could have done was showed up on time to the show. Yeah, they could have. <laughs> they were only four hours late. But I'm not complaining. <laughs> Because I know, I'm just... it was, it, what was the drink? It, 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 I, I don't, it might have been Zima. There was, a, there was, no, I wish. Um, no, there was a drink at the time that it, it was, came in a blue bottle. It looked like a, it was like a shitty wine cooler. It was a clear liquid. Hypnotic. Hypnotic. <clears throat> was it hypnotic? I thought it was it sounds like else. Bartle and, it sounds like Bartle and James. Like Sky Blue was, I think it might have been Sky Blue because they were making like a Bartles and James type drink in a blue bottle at one point. It, whoever made it, whether it be Zima, or, it tasted like Zima, but um, that was pr- that, that brand of alcohol was promoting the show at, at Orbit Nightclub that night, and uh, it was free. Like everywhere you looked, there were fucking barrels on of that shit on ice, and it was totally free. And I remember thinking, my friend Matt and Brian and I were the only, aside from you that I knew of, the only white people the entire fucking club. And I was like 22, 23 at the time, or yeah, because that we were, I was that was fucking early two thousands. And so I was just grabbing free fucking drinks. I didn't give a shit that they tasted awful. It was free. And then when they finally fucking came on, like that dude, like fucking Shock G poured, was it, uh, what the fuck did he have? Hennessy. He had fucking bottle of Hennessy on stage and fucking poured Hennessy, like topped off my fucking bottle with just a bunch of fucking Hennessy. And then fucking, I remember black women just grinding all out. They started playing sex packets and all these fucking black girls with big asses started grinding all over me. I thought it was one of the greatest nights of my life, dude. Changed his life from there on out. I wouldn't Um, say it changed my life, but it certainly was a memorable moment, man. It was a fantastic concert. They paid tribute to Tupac. They they went into a really great uh, rendition of, um, oh, God damn it. Uh, I ain't mad at you. I get around, but they also did I ain't mad at you. And they did Roland, I think, too. They did like a medley. Mem- they did a medley. In memory of Shock G and Tupac, I am going to watch Nothing But Trouble. Absolutely. See them immortalized on the uh, great movie. screen. Great, great movie. Fantastic movie. But, I, I, uh, I love that movie. I agree 100%. But that's, that's, that was, my, that was my, my, my thing. Is rest in peace, Shock G. Gone, not forgotten. Absolutely. I'm bumping Digital Underground until I'm dead. And on that note, we'll see you guys all next week. Love you guys. Love you guys. Hope the Lex Pro kicks in. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>